So it is my last Sunday with you. Um, I'm privileged to have come. So tell, tell Whitney, thank Whitney for inviting me to come to share. A lot of churches will say they are welcoming, and they say that. Almost all churches say that. They say they're welcoming until you get there. And then, and then you can tell, really, if they're welcoming. But you are welcoming. Not because I say so, but it's true. And I have evidence to prove that you're welcoming. I was saying to someone when Sharon's funeral, Sharon's funeral, there were a lot of people who didn't belong to the church. And watching you interact with them, people you didn't know, is one way to tell whether a church is welcoming. How they deal with strangers who come in and it was packed and the parking and where to go. So that's one evidence. The other one is how you deal with each other. You could tell how people deal with each other. And they tell they are welcoming until you see one group is over here and one group is over there. So thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me in your life. And what we did together, that is reversible. You can never take it away. Whatever we shared is forever and ever. So thank you for that. Jesus has been with us. And as I've told you often, when he shows up, everything changes. When Jesus shows up, everything changes. People are never the same. We've been seeing him with John and James last Sunday when they were joking for position, saying, now, who is bad? Are you bad? Am I bad? Who's going to be with Jesus when we get in the kingdom? I'm going to be. And the other one's saying, no, I'm going to be. And they're back and forth and back and forth. And Jesus says to them, if you really want to be great, James and John, this is what you have to do. You have to be, the translation says servant, but the actual word is slave. He says to them, you have to be a slave to be in the kingdom. And then at other times he takes a child and puts a child amidst there, in the middle of their debates, and says, if you don't accept like this child here, if you don't accept the kingdom like this child, there's no way you can get in. Children are open, they're curious, they show us some of the things we've lost on our way to adulthood. We get so preoccupied and so cynical, we forget about the joy and the wonder of creation. If you're with a child, you see how they see it. And as I reminded you last Sunday, Sister Tisa was with us, that another sign, I forgot, that's the third evidence, is how you've been taking care of children of incarcerated mothers for 30 years. I didn't know that. That your church has been doing this for 30 years. Most churches don't need to do that. That's not something you get written about. They take care of children of incarcerated mothers. Now, people get known for their choir, for their ministry, for their Sunday school, for but not for taking over children and incarcerated mothers. So that's another evidence of your church. But last Sunday, Jesus tells them to be servants or be slaves. And as I reminded you, how do you serve? How do you serve and why do you serve? Why do you do this with Sister Tisa? Why? Why do you do it? And Brian Stevenson in his book, Just Mercy, says there are four reasons why we do that. One is to be in proximity to people who suffer. People have been rejected and thrown away. Children whose crime was that their mothers went to prison. We need to be in proximity with them. That's the first thing. 
The second thing Brian Seven says, as I told you last Sunday in his book, Just Mercy, is proximity. Proximity, credibility, hope, and brokenness. We start out saying, I'm going to serve them. We end up serving ourselves. We end up realizing how broken we are. And the only way to realize how broken we are is being in touch with broken people. And the other person I reminded you about is a young man by the name of Derek, Derek Black, whose father enrolled him in a white supremacist group. He became the moderator of, that, of the website Stormtrooper, and he went to college from the time he was 10 years old to the time he was 21. He joined this hateful neo-Nazi group, and then he became friends with Matthew, an Orthodox Jew, because they kicked him off campus. Once they found out who he was, nobody wanted to talk to him. And then Matthew called him and said, you would like to come Shabbat? Services on Friday? And half the people left the Shabbat services. See, you're inviting Derek Black? Are you kidding me? And in the book, Rising Out of Hate by Eli Sunslow, talks about how they became friends. This neo-Nazi kid and this Orthodox Jew, they became friends. And now Derek goes around the country talking about how we have to serve those people we can't even stand. But this morning is the 23rd Sunday of Pentecost. We are still journeying with Jesus as he tells us where he's going and we don't believe him. And this morning, his disciples and he are leaving Jericho. That, that Jericho, that one that talks about the road from Jerusalem to Jericho, where the Good Samaritan story takes place. It's a long road. It curves way, way, way down into Jericho from Jerusalem. And this time, they encounter a B&B. Not a bed and breakfast, a blind beggar. <laughs> B&B, blind beggar. You just imagine, you're not just blind. A blind beggar? I mean, really? It's one thing to be blind, but to be a beggar. Like, you know, come on, get real. He can't see anything. He can't. But he heard that Jesus was in town. He heard people were talking, saying, have you heard what Jesus is doing in Jericho? Have you heard about this? So he could hear what they were talking about. And then he hears they're walking by him on the roadside. And he says, Jesus. Son of David, have mercy on me. And what do we do? They tell him to shut up. Say, shut up. Stop. First of all, Jesus is busy. He's on the way to somewhere. He has things to do. And after all, you are nobody. He screams out even louder. When they try to shut him up, he yells, Jesus, have mercy on me. Every time I preach about this text, I'm always curious about this question that Jesus asks him. Jesus says to him, what do you want me to do for you? Really? Can't you tell he's blind, he's a beggar? I mean, really? Really, Jesus? You to ask him? He says, what do you want me to do for you? And you can hear that. What? You're asking me? Sometimes we go to God, we don't know what we want. We think, oh yeah, everybody knows what I'm going through. We sometimes, I remember often at my parish when people would go in a hospital, get sick, and then they would come back and get upset that I didn't visit them. And so, I didn't know you were sick. They say, why? Well, you should have known that I was in a hospital. You should have known that. We don't know. 
We have to tell what we want. Sometimes we know what we don't want. It's very hard what we want. What do you want from... If Jesus walked in this morning, what would you say to him? What do you want? What do you want out of life? Remember the rich young man came to Jesus? Says, what must I do to eternal life? That's what... What do you want? What do you want in this? He says, teacher, let me see again. From this comment, we assume that he became blind as an adult because he could see, because he says again. He says, let me see again. So at one point he could see, and then he became blind. And he was in roadside as a BB, as a blind beggar, the worst of the worst. Jesus says, get him, get him. Call him here, and they call him. Jesus says to him, what would you like me to do for you? What do you want? What do you really want? Not, this, not the, the stuff. We want another car, another house. We want another job, another. What do you really want in life? That's what Jesus says. Then he says to him, go. Your faith has made you. Your faith. Not Jesus' faith. The blind beggar's faith has made him well. Then he follows Jesus. So this morning... As we encounter Jesus on the road from Jericho, he goes in Jericho, comes back. What is it that you want? Like Derek Black, rising out of hatred, who became friends with an Orthodox Jew at New College in Florida. Or maybe like Brian Stevenson, a young kid, a law student at Harvard Law School, who lost his way and found out the only way he could make sense being at Harvard Law School was to serve children, juveniles serving life without parole, and those on death row. What do you want? The blind beggar knew what he wanted. He wanted to get in touch with Jesus. Once you get in touch with Jesus, everything changes. Another young man, I'm sure you know about this one, is John Newton. John Newton was born in August 4th. Interesting, August 4th is that's my grandchild. My grandson was born August 4th. And Barack Obama was born August 4th. And Louis Armstrong was born August 4th. Although he, although he keeps saying it's January 1st. If you read his biography, he says he's born January, but he was born August 4th. John Newton was born August 4th, 1725. And he became a member of a sailor in the Royal Navy. His father died seven years old, and his mother dies. He joins, and at 11 years old, he runs off with some captain. John Newton becomes a slave ship captain. He starts trading human beings from West Africa, from the Gulf of Guinea, right off West Africa. And then his ship gets into a storm, and they almost die. And these people, these slaves, these Africans, come up and help him. When he comes back to the to US, he goes back to England, to Liverpool, he doesn't do that anymore. He gets converted. John Newton gets converted, and he writes a song that we all sing, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. That was John Newton. So what do you want? What do you want to see? Do you have some blind 
places that you need to see Jesus, so that we may see Jesus. A blind beggar knew he was blind and he was a beggar. He, I mean, he had it coming. And then he heard that Jesus was coming to town. And he cries out, say, Jesus, have mercy on me. He says, what do you want? What do you really want? He says, let me see again. Like John Newton, after making several trips across the Atlantic, came back and he could see for the first time something he hadn't seen before. Is there something, someone, somebody you need to see? 